Thousands of fans in blue and orange jerseys flooded into Madison Square Garden. It became known as Basketball Mecca for a reason. It brought out the biggest crowds and the best performances from the world's greatest players. Young budding star who was quickly taking the NBA by storm was in town to face Patrick Ewing and the Knicks. The fans were in for a treat, and the only thing louder than their cheers that night were their perms. Some consider that night's game to be one of the most memorable in NBA history, but not because of what happened on the court. Well, in a way, it was on the court. What we will remember most from that night is the sneakers. Surrounded by nine other pairs of boring white sneakers, the Chicago Bulls rookie strutted onto the court. He looked a little different than the other players. And it wasn't just that legendary smile. The rookie phenom donned a pair of vibrant sneakers with black and red colors. Before his debut, a little-known shoe company saw his potential and offered him an unprecedented five-year sponsorship deal worth $500,000 a year. The rookie soared through the air and glided across the court with grace, power, and speed. He wowed the crowd with his combination of skill and athleticism. You couldn't take your eyes off him. But soon after the game, however, the young star was in for a rude awakening. He received a letter from the NBA commissioner. It was a direct order. Either stop wearing the shoes or face a $5,000 penalty every game. The bright red shoe with the swooshing check mark on the side was in violation of league rules. The NBA had mandated that all shoes must be at least 51% white. Without another option, the shoe company agreed to make the rookie a new shoe that followed the rules but they weren't giving up on the bold red and black sneakers quite yet. Their marketing team quietly got to work. Perhaps they could use that banned product to their advantage. Several months later, basketball fans gathered into a crowded Indiana arena, this time wearing jerseys of all colors, Blazers, Sixers, Hawks, Jazz, and Bulls to name a few. Millions more tuned in around the country via their televisions. It was the 1985 Slam Dunk Contest. Basketball legends took turns showing off their acrobatic moves. Crowds cheered as the human highlight film Dominique Wilkins soared through the air. The rookie was up next. He walked onto the court wearing those banned shoes. The cheers were deafening. Less than a second later, he appeared to defy gravity. Kids across the country watched the young rookie fly in those shoes. During the commercials, they saw an ad of him wearing them too. On September 15th, Nike created a The commercials voiceover explained shoe. that the NBA banned the sneakers, On 18th, but the could NBA not stop you them from wearing them. Fortunately, the NBA This scandalous new shoe was announced as the Nike Air Jordan 1 named after the gravity-defying rookie, Michael Jordan, of course. So strap on your favorite pair of kicks, because today we are talking about the importance of brand on your customer experience. And you gotta be like Mike. Welcome to Often Imitated, a podcast about remarkable experiences from the past and how they inspire people to create great customer experiences today. 
This episode is all about branding as customer experience, how Nike created an entire customer experience around Michael Jordan's lifestyle, and how CX leaders today can use marketing to inform their CX. In this episode, we'll hear from Andy Pearson, Vice President of Creative at Liquid Death, about how he and his team create a brand that doubles as customer experiences. But first, a word from our sponsor. Often Imitated is brought to you by the generous support of our friends at Oracle. Make every interaction matter with Oracle Advertising and CX. Connect all your data and empower your entire business to deliver exceptional customer experiences from acquisition to retention and everything in between. Hear more executive perspectives on CX transformation at oracle.com slash CX. Nike didn't have to hold their breath for too long. People of all ages and backgrounds flocked to get a pair of Air Jordans. Fans wanted the thrill of wearing a shoe so taboo that the league had to shut it down. And if rookie Michael Jordan could fly across the basketball court in Air Jordans, who's to say they couldn't too? Air Jordans made customers feel like they were part of history. As Michael's life evolved, so did the shoes. Everything from his favorite cigar to his passion for motorcycles were infused into subsequent editions of Air Jordans. Since the dunk contest, Nike has created 35 more versions of the sneaker. They sell out in minutes. In the first year alone, Nike earned $126 million from Air Jordans. Now the brand is worth over $3 billion, with Michael Jordan earning over $1.3 billion from the deal. If you ask a sneakerhead, they will tell you that owning Air Jordans is more than owning a nice shoe. It's about feeling a part of something greater. Everyone wanted to feel a part of Michael Jordan's story, his excellence, and with the shoe, you could do just that. Michael Jordan's world of triumph was both his brand and the experience his fan felt through owning his shoes. Air Jordans prove that branding and customer experience do not need to be mutually exclusive. How you market a product can also inform the customer experience. And so today, we wanted to bring on someone who is an expert at branding and how it relates to customer experience. Andy Pearson, VP of Creative at Liquid Death. Andy knows this firsthand. Liquid Death's strong community-building tactics and unusual marketing are hard to miss. Let's hear a little more about what they do. Liquid Death is a canned water brand. So unlike any other bottled water, um, we actually put ours in infinitely recyclable cans so that what we're really about is making health and sustainability, you know, 50 times more fun than it actually normally gets presented in real life. And, um, we also, you know, have a, a very different take on everything we do. So if you look at the can itself, it really looks, oh, it, it's really inspired by craft beer can design. Um, so when you're drinking it, when you have it in your hand, it, it actually feels like you're drinking a beer and it looks like you're drinking a beer. And actually one cool thing about it is our sparkling water is carbonated at about five grams per liter of carbonation, um, which is a lower percentage than a standard sparkling drink. Um, those are usually like six to eight grams per liter. So it actually drinks at a lower carbonation level and, and feels like you're drinking a beer. 
So all the way down to the product level, we're kind of thinking through how you experience liquid death. After the slam dunk contest in 1985, teenagers everywhere walked into pickup games in their Air Jordans feeling confident. And similarly, Liquid Death wants their customers to feel that same feeling of confidence when they're just drinking water at a social event. We like to say that our consumer is anyone who drinks water and has a sense of humor, right? Water is essential to life. Everyone has to drink it. And we would obviously, you know, prefer that it's Liquid Death. And really, we see that we see all kinds of stories where people are either replacing energy drinks with liquid death or replacing alcoholic drinks with liquid death. The can, again, the can's designed to look and, and drink and feel like a beer in your hand. So we have a huge following in the, in the sober community. We get stories all the time about people who, you know, who have sort of found something that they can latch onto when they drink liquid death, because look, we designed it originally, you know, it was really designed as like, almost a way to be able to go to parties or go to bars and not be able to um, not have to feel lame when you order water, right? No one wants to sit in a bar and like have a glass of water or a plastic bottle of water, but also you don't want to, you know, be sitting um, and maybe want to take a break from your drink. So um, liquid death really is kind of creating this almost in some ways, almost a new use case where it opens up opportunities where people, can drink more water and they feel uh, more free to, for, to drink water more liberally, and which again is healthier for them. When the NBA banned the Air Jordans from gameplay, Nike knew they had to pivot. Instead of accepting defeat, Nike leaned into the forbidden, and that attitude enhanced the customer experience. Liquid Death is doing something similar. Liquid Death saw an opportunity to flip water marketing on its head and lean into the forbidden. People love liquid death because we're like them. We hate marketing. <laughs> you know, the brand is meant to feel like your funny, cool friends started their own company, right? If you look at, at the way that the Sony or Smartwater or any of the other brands are marketed to, they're, they're from these huge corporations that are made by uh, people with great MBAs and and like market water exactly how it should be marketed as this very pure thing, and you get celebrities and you you talk about how you know the benefits of the water and liquid death as we came in. It's just it's the total opposite of that. It's it feels like it's made by people who you like and and would like to hang out with, and you know we know that all human beings on Earth hate to be marketed to, <laughs> so the whole brand is essentially built on that premise that it's sort of, it's really anti-marketing. We, we don't want to do marketing. We want to do, we always talk about entertainment over marketing. We'd rather, we'd much rather make entertainment and put it out there and have people enjoy it than having the sense that they're being marketed to. I think one interesting thing is that as you see culture kind of fracture, we have all these different media channels, right? We all, have our own Spotify playlist and can listen to artists that your friend has never ever heard of or watch a show on a on a streaming platform. Um, your favorite show may be something that your best friend has never heard of in their entire life and don't even know how to find it online or watch it online. Um, but the one thing, the one cultural touchstone left 
that all human beings simultaneously experience is like is being marketed to and being advertised to right and so a lot of a lot of the stuff that we do is it's intended to poke marketing in the eye and have people love us for that when people love your marketing you know you've got something special when people tattoo your brand to their heads you know you've got something bonkers liquid death has managed the impossible transporting their customers into a totally different world creating loyalty comparable to air jordans our customer experience is the brand you know from the moment you interact with us you are you're in the ecosystem right and i think the best example of that is the can itself i think you get the entire liquid death experience the first time you pick up a can and i can't tell you how many stories of people that don't get it and they drink it for the first time and they just it instantly all makes sense um a lot of people you know just on the look assume it's a beer or hard, hard seltzer or or something like that and then the first time they actually drink it they're they kind of go huh it's it's just water and then this light bulb goes off in their head and they're we're kind of off to the race at that point and they they really become fans from that but the experience of drinking the can if if you look at it again it you know it's designed to look like a beer so automatically when you have it in your hands it's fun it feels a little naughty right we get we get people that all the time tell us stories and we post about it where they got pulled over by the cops um, because they were drinking it at a red light and a cop looks over and sees what looks like a, a tall boy of beer and that they're chugging in the front seat or kids that get sent that their parents send them to school with it in their lunchbox and then they get called into the principal's office because no one believes that it's not a beer um so right off the bat the can itself is really interactive and, and really fun and i mean like look i worked for liquid death and i take it to my kids soccer practice and like even then i i crack one open and i'm like man the other parents are going to think i'm just sitting here drinking at 10 a.m in a park by myself um so even me i, I like kind of get that every time you're out drinking in public when you hold an air jordan you can feel history because they're designed with Michael's legacy in mind. Some sneakerheads say that you're walking in the shoes of the greatest basketball player of all time. You become part of the most iconic success story in sports. Liquid Death also understands the importance of making your customers feel like part of the story. If you look at the can, we have this um, copy, this whole story on the can that that um, that once you see it, it, it is really fun and it gets you in it. So actually let me read the let me read the sparkling can real fast. Um, so it says this infinitely recyclable can of stone cold sparkling water came straight from the Alps to murder your thirst. When a group of teenagers set off into the mountains for a weekend of drinking regular water in plastic bottles, they became hunted by an aluminum can of mountain water that was dead set on murdering their thirst and recycling their soul. Once cracked open, no thirst is safe from liquid death. After ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed body parts of the dead thirst to build itself a flesh suit, which it used as a disguise to get a job in marketing. But Liquid Death never took the job. It just murdered a bunch more thirst instead. <laughs> um, 
so you kind of you read this caption and you're like what is this brand and then you keep reading down and then you see oh death to plastic we donate 10 percent of profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution so again you kind of are like introduced to the brand you drink the water for the first time and realize oh it's just water great and it and and they've actually done research um water out of a can it, it feels colder naturally because the can the aluminum holds the um holds the coldness in more so it actually feels and tastes feels more hydrating it actually tastes better so you have that that experience and then at the end you have this empty aluminum can and you go oh i need to go recycle this right and then you go off and you pitch it in a recycling bin or whatever but you have again have this aha moment of if this was a plastic bottle i would have probably just like dumped it in the trash um and so you kind of have this whole journey in a five minute period from the first time you see the can you pick up the can you read the can you drink it and then you're done with it and you get rid of it and it takes you through sort of the whole user journey um and so it's really beautifully designed to, to, to do all that. And I think the brand itself is really, I always like to think of the brand as being interactive, right? So like I said, you go outside, you, you crack open a tall boy of liquid death, you might get stares from people outside. So you're, you're already kind of playing in the space. Um, we also do a lot of, we do a lot of merch um, and we really design our, our, a lot of our merch to almost be more like band merch than anything else. And so we get a lot of like heavy metal artists to just do really gory, grotesque metal, like metal designs. And it just says liquid death on it. And, and so the funny thing about that is you get all these people walking around in this gnarly black metal t-shirt that says liquid death on it. And it's literally a water company. So for, so when you're wearing it, you're out there, people think you're sort of like this societal reject or degenerate or something. And literally you're repping a sustainable water company. Um, so it's almost like this kind of inside joke that you get to be on that other people aren't in on. Right. So then it already, anytime you, you, you put that shirt on, it starts to feel like this sort of interactive experience um that you don't get by putting on a aquafina shirt if you had happen to have one for some reason in your in your wardrobe as cx leaders we cannot underestimate the power that branding has on the customer experience how you market your product informs how your customers feel when they're experiencing it air jordans don't continue to sell out every year just because they're well made to fans owning a pair signifies the ability to accomplish anything while Liquid Death is a great water, customers aren't just obsessed with them because of that. They're obsessed with the brand, how they think, how they act, how they market, the design, the artwork, everything. It takes the experience of drinking water from boring to cool. Plus, it just tastes better from a can. And of course, you add in the fact that they have such a strong sustainability mission Liquid Death's customers believe that mission as well. The best customer experience is not about making the customer feel good about your product. It's about making the customer feel good about themselves. 
and there's nothing that makes your body feel better than water. Speaking of that, it was 90 degrees today at the studio, so I'm going to go crack some liquid death myself. See you later. This podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our friends at Oracle. Make every interaction matter with Oracle Advertising and CX. Connect all your data and empower your entire business to deliver exceptional customer experiences from acquisition to retention and everything in between. Hear more executive perspectives on CX transformation at oracle.com slash CX. This is your host, Ian Faison, CEO of Caspian Studios. Thank you for listening to another episode of Often Imitated. If you like what you're hearing, please tell one friend. This podcast was narrated by me, Ian Faison, written by Emma D. Muth, and produced and edited by Mackie Wilson, Kellen Turnbull, and John Levy. You can learn more about our team at caspianstudios.com.